welcome to issue 111 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here, we take a good look at the most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters' unfairly labeled villains and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Steve, and joining me tonight is Daniel. How's it going, Daniel? Hey, man. How are you today? I'm doing well. You? I'm I'm okay. I'm in spring break right now. Oh, that's nice. So I've, I've spent some like days alone. It's been kind of cool. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we are not alone tonight. We also Thank have goodness. Mike with us. Mike, how you doing? Hey, Steve. I am vibrating with excitement tonight. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Seems weird. Um, I hear Daniel's story is going to be amazing. I'm oh, good. on the edge of my seat. And uh, Sinister Motives should be dropping in two days over here. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, did you guys watch the live stream from FFG today? No. No, I missed it. So they had a Sinister Motives live stream. You can find it on YouTube. It's pinned on the um, Discord. But they had um, Josh Massey, and he played OG Spider-Man. They had uh, Michael Boggs, who played Ghost Spider, Spider-Gwen. And they had Molly Glover, who was on playing as Miles Morales. And nice. They, oh, nice. Yeah, they went up against Sandman, and... Um, they played for about an hour, hour and a half or something. They ran out of time. They didn't quite finish because they were answering questions and showing cards off and stuff. So it was really cool. And uh, Sandman looks like he's going to be a blast. So, Oh, awesome. Hey, I'm still I'm still vibrating. You should ask me what I, what's on my mind tonight. Yeah, Mike, why are you vibrating so much? What <laughs> is like on your mind fork. tonight? What's on your mind tonight? We've got quite a few entries for our contest. Isn't that amazing? It, it is. People are writing in, telling us why the Enchantress is a better hero than Valkyrie. And they're writing in, telling us why why Ultron is a better hero than Vision. I mean, I feel like these things write themselves, don't they? I mean, they, they totally do. And you have a chance to win one or both of those packs. Uh, there's still time to get it in. We're going for another week still. So uh, just check out our Facebook site and the show notes for a link to the Google form where you can fill out your stories. Yeah, this all this preamble is just the icing on the cake tonight. Daniel, you're making us a cake, right? What, what's the cake I, about tonight? Steve, I am the cake. Oh, okay. Or, <laughs> or Ebony Maw, I guess, is really the cake. This is one of our our like deep dives into the villains. Yeah. Ebony Maw, the first one we encounter in the campaign, right? So let me tell you a little bit about him. Fellas, you ready? ready. Oh, yeah. Mike, if you're vibrating, you should buckle up. Okay. Ready? But, do we need the shoulder strap? Get, yeah, I think you should, like, a three-point harness, at least. You know, like a, like the the kid's seat in the car, like, when they're, like, five? <laughs> Does he have to do the podcast turn around backwards? No, he's older than that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, this is, like, Mikey's first, um, first booster seat. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> really, Not when sure I was a kid, they happened. just sat you on a phone book. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's how it should be. I'm three phone books tall. A phone book is like a gigantic contact book in your Google phone for young listeners. <laughs> yeah, how do we explain yeah, this? Say, who still has a phone book? If you if you wanted to look up a business, it was in the yellow pages of your phone book. God, remember? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Sorry, tell us about Ebony Ma. So Ebony Ma. <laughs> Hey, first off, Mike, 
I, I know you're vibrating and all, but there's not going to be a ton of bananas in this one. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Like, remember what I said last time. We have to we have to cater to the non-bananas people. Right. So the non-bananas people, you should enjoy this, I think. So, fellas, you know how much I like trying to find that thing that Colonel is something something in our villains that I can connect to that makes me say something like, Oh, I understand them. I get the motivation. You know, like like the rhinos of the world, they have that sympathetic lens through which you could view them, right? You know how I love that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, not so much for Mr. Blackmouth here, I'm afraid. So <laughs> let me let me go on a side note real quick. So for the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years or so, I've taught a course on existentialism. Now, I'm not going to go into the tenets of that philosophy here, but I will offer you all this nugget. We are what we do. So that's kind of the premise of the whole thing. So our beliefs, feelings, inner worldview, whatever, it is inaccessible by others. And so all anyone has to go on about us is through witnessing our actions in the world. So if we're authentic beings, those actions align with our principles and stuff like that. Now, anyway, I say all this because we know nothing about Ebony Ma before he appears as an actor on the scene of Thanos' Black Order. And since all we have to judge him by is his actions, I can safely say this. The guy's kind of a jerk. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know if you knew that. Um, he seems to be somewhat unpleasant. Um, all right. That is so, the takeaway I got from reading what I read about him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So now let's say that Ebony Ma were transported to Hogwarts. He would be in the Slytherin house. Um, this guy is like the poster child of ambition over all else. Now I can't tell you what his final agenda is or if he even has one. Oh yeah, he does. See. The, the game has has a final agenda for him. We'll read it later today. <laughs> well, we'll we'll yeah we'll, we'll get, get to there. it. We'll see if it makes any sense. So I can say, though, that he likes to ally himself with the winner. So loyalty, schmoyalty with this guy. So I'll do, I will say one thing that I can kind of connect with him is this. Because it's like a cool thing about him is he doesn't actually really possess superpowers as such. Did you guys know this? A little <laughs> bit. Could a little bit, me. yeah. Wait, what, Mike? Could have fooled me. Mm. In the movie, no. he's throwing stuff around with his mind and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like in the comics, he's just sort of really smart and he's aggressively persuasive. Um, it could be argued he kind of uses a sort of telepathy to get into the minds of people and he's like super techie and he's actually a pretty good fighter. Like he can duke it out with you, but really he's just a like a genius with good ideas. So like in the Black Order, he's really primarily a strategist, a manipulator, and he's good at both those things. So what has he done? Well... I would consider his claim to fame to be messing with Doctor Strange's head. He, uh, and here, here's like the fun story about Ebony Ma. So this is like his big story in the comics that I could find. He's done a few things, but like his big arc is Thanos sends him, sends the order, um, to Earth to kill his last offspring. Do you know who that is, Mike? Uh, I think I know where you're going because I've seen reference to this in the other comics. I believe it's Thane. It is Thane, the cleverly named Thane, son of Thanos. Now, well, I would hope Mike knows that because I did talk about him on our oh, you did previous episode. So a little, a little right. bit. Okay, that's really where Mike's getting his information. He, from. T- he tunes out when I talk. I know <laughs> he's too busy blah, vibrating. Blah. 
So gonna blow up the world, gonna save so, humanity. Yeah, you you're busy, Mike. I mean, you can't just listen all the time. So Ma uses Doctor Strange to help him to help find Thane, who's of course in Greenland. And then like like what's <laughs> Strange's mind of it? I mean, why not, right? Why not Greenland? Like, of course it's Greenland. Um, so Thane becomes powerful and Ma is all like, oh, let's see how this guy plays out. And he introduces himself to the sun. And I don't know what happens. He's like initially kind of unimpressed by Thane. So like Ma captures the kid and tells Thanos where to find him. So Thanos shows up. And during the thick of all the, you know, the the ruckus, Ma like releases Thane and's like, all right, dude, be who you were born to be. And Thane like, captures thanos and proxima midnight and he like traps him in this living death amber jar thing it's a pretty cool visual that i saw mm-hmm. it was really neat um it's like he wins thane wins nice. so then like ma's like i will be your right hand man now and they take off and eventually they they do some hijinks and they have some adventures but sure enough they're captured by corvus glaive um ma uses his, you know, super persuasive abilities, talks his way out of, you know, prison, gets his release from Glaive, but leaves Thane there to rot. Classic. Yeah, it's nice. Right? So he does that thing that, you know, smart little weasels do. He kind of gets back into the Black Order. He's not really on it, but he is. But Thanos is probably out to get him, and Ma's just like one of those guys you can't trust. He's like this friendless blip on the villain landscape. Uh, see, he did other stuff. Oh, one other thing he, I like he did is also messing with Doctor Strange's brain again to summon like this demon looking thing, like a kind of a pretty cool a Cthulhu looking monster named Shuma Gorath. I have no idea what happened from there, but it's like a octopusy looking tentacle. Yeah, it's like monster. a giant eyeball with tentacles. It, yeah, it I think has it's an like, Elder God Lovecraft feel to it. Yeah, I think it's um. I think it's Marvel's answer to Shub Nagurath, maybe. Mm. I guess he sounds the same and looks kind of like that. Anyway. The mother of a thousand young? Yeah, yes. Got that look. <laughs> Pretty creepy. Maybe my, uh, Steve, you can put in the show notes picture of Shuma Goroth. So, gentlemen, I just need to take you back to philosophy for a second, okay? Okay. So, we are what we do. Well, if that's true, then what is Ebony Ma? His agenda is difficult to discern. All we really know about him is that we know nothing about him. He's a living, breathing ball of all-consuming ambition, and his weekly loyalties make him impossible to trust. Sure, he's got mad skills to some degree, but to me, he's just kind of a figure of, like, uh, I don't know, pure chaos wrapped in the thin veneer of genius. We think because he's smart and stuff that he must have it going on, but guys, I don't think so. So, you know, for me... Always on the lookout for that access point into the villain's mind. I find myself stymied by Ebony Maw. He's he's almost impossible to care about. I mean, I guess as a villain, he's great because he represents like the threats he represents is terrifying, like mind control. I mean, ugh, no one wants that. But he's unquestionably dangerous. True, but I just kind of like to know what a guy stands for, and I just have no idea about Ebony Maw. Do you guys know anything that I don't like? I he don't. also doesn't seem to be in a lot of the comics, right? He's not. He's not in a ton. I think he first shows up in like 2013, right? He's right, kind of say he's fairly new. Yeah, yep. and all the Black Order are fairly new. Yeah, I just don't. He's just this thing. <laughs> like, like Thanos at least you know has an agenda, and like you, 
get it, but you don't. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can you can argue with Thanos and some of these bad guys, and, but Ebony Moss. Yeah. Now in the MCU, he's a wizard that rivals Doctor Strange. Right? He captures Doctor Strange. His his magic is more powerful than Strange's magic, and and he's trying to get into Strange's mind to learn about the Time Stone. That nemesis there. They have that connection in the movie, but they he definitely has abilities and powers in the movies. Yeah, so like let's talk about that. So the game is supposed to be about the comics, right? Yep. Right? And and so I guess maybe I missed something, guys, but I don't understand like and we'll talk about the cards later, but like, you know, in our game, he's a spellcaster, right? He's right. sort of like what our game would call a mystic. And there's just nothing I researched about him that would suggest he's a wizard. Like, you guys are more steeped in the lore than I am, so what did I... I think he does have I... the same powers in the movies, although I'm trying to, to visualize the comic in my mind, and maybe I'm just projecting what I saw in the movie. But I always thought of him as a mystic when reading the comics. Yeah, I mean, maybe instead of, it, it's not magic, it's like, because he has that persuasive voice, and he... Right. A, maybe a psychic link, maybe you could say. So maybe he's not, he's using telekinesis, not per se mystical powers. I don't yeah, know. sure. And when we look at the names of the spells and stuff there, well, no, some of them are like outright spells that just the comics don't suggest he's right. can do that. I mean, maybe there's just rubble storm. No, yeah. no way to like call it. It's like a spell like ability, but not a, like, but you don't want to make a new keyword or whatever. Right. So, yeah, I, f- I feel like three out of the four spells could be explained by him having telekinesis or persuasive sure. powers. Um, although I do see, you know, if you go out and you look on the various wikis and stuff, it does list pyrokinesis. He can conjure fireballs with his hand. Um, yeah, nothing I saw. In the Thanos Volume 3, Number 1 issue. He did it, According huh? to this. According to this, yeah. All right. I mean, I'm I'm happy with him being a wizard. I like. I think as the first villain, he's neat in the campaign. I think he's. It's a great intro because he's actually. I feel like more sinister and dangerous and creepy than like Proxima Midnight or Corvus Glaive. Maybe that's the point. I don't know, but yeah, I think in character he's supposed to be creepier. Yeah, he, it's definitely you can't trust the guy, right? And I'm pretty sure later he comes back and takes over Thane again. I. Don't quote me on that. It's been a long time since I've read that comic, but uh, well, it was just his, kind of in the background. His story in the comics, from what I can tell, is far from over. Oh, yeah. I don't think the Black Order is going anywhere soon. He's still yeah. alive, right? He hasn't he's died. Still, three he's times. still alive. He doesn't know. I don't even think he's been killed once. What kind of bad guy is he? Um, <laughs> I, you know, no one knows kind of like what Thanos is going to do to him. Because, you know, I think Thanos knows how to hold a grudge, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Daniel. Yeah, that's that's what I got. You know, I I'm gonna unbuckle now. But you can, uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks you for can. the warning. I hope you're still vibrating a little bit, though. Uh, no, I'm good. That was that was quite pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, is there if there's stuff that you guys know, like above and beyond? Because you know, you're the lore dudes. But I I was intrigued to find out who this guy was, and that he's the game takes him in an interesting direction based on what I read and looked at. Yeah, it's more of the Black Order is who the Black Order is, and they kind of do things, and the, the villains themselves, it's they're cool, but they haven't been explored as much as some of the other villains we've mm-hmm, done. Mm-hmm. Black Swan has, but I don't think the rest have. Mm-hmm. 
Well, should we take a look at some of those cards? I think we need to. Like we need to. I mean, we can bounce. Hopefully, like you know, we've done this before. We can bounce back to the the lore about them too, and see how these cards hit theme and and such. Right. All right. So like Daniel said, this is the first villain scenario in the Mad Titan Shadows box, Ebony Maw. And there are 22 cards total in the set. That includes the villain cards and the main schemes, which we're going to look at tonight. And then in part two, we'll come back and look at all his encounter cards next week. So Daniel, why don't you give us the man of the hour? Okay. Ebony Maw. He is a villain with two scheme, one attack. His level one here. He's got the Black Order and Mystic Traits. Um, his scheme and his attack are forced interrupt. When Ebony Maw activates against you, remove an invocation counter from each spell card in your play area. That forced interrupt will exist verbatim on all three of his forms. One, two, and three. So what's different about level two is he goes from one attack to two attacks. So he's two scheme, two attack. He also has a when revealed. Each player discards cards from the top of the encounter deck until they discard a spell card and puts that card into play in their play area. And level three is three scheme, two attack, and the exact same when revealed from level two. Oh, he has 14 hit points in level one, 18 level two, and 23 in level three. You know, he can take a punch. Okay, you know what gets me every time? is that levels two and three have that when revealed. Level one does not, because it's written on the <laughs> on the card. So I've forgotten to a couple times. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he essentially has the same when revealed in every form. Yeah. So yeah. every level of him does the spell stuff. So that's him. What do you guys think? Well, let's talk about this when revealed effect. Um, okay. It, it seems kind of innocuous. Um, you know, you you have all kinds of cards that make you discard until you get a minion or whatever. There are eight spell environments in his encounter deck. There's only eight. So if you are playing this in a three or four player game, there are other cards that put them out, that sort of thing. It You could conceivably have all eight spells out on the table at the same time when you defeat Ebony Maw, like from one to two or two to three. And then this effect, you're going to go around the table, and each player is going to discard cards from the top of the encounter deck until they discard a spell card, put it into play. So player one is going to do that. And if there are no spells in there, or maybe there's only one left, you could deck out player one. then player two has to start it all over, right? All over again. And they will deck out. And then player three, they will deck out. Then player four, they will deck out. So you could (laughs) drop four acceleration tokens (laughs) just by flipping him once. And you can't let right. them sit around because you're on a clock the way the spells work. You don't want to wait until right. their spells go back in the deck. So it's it can be very, very punishing when you flip him. It seems like, oh, I'm going to discard and there's three of us and I'm just going to discard till I get three spells. But that's not how it works. So, Each so player, when you're playing them, you got to think, right? Like, yeah. like maybe you, have, you don't go so fast and you let the spells sort of go off and go to the discard and... Then you got to wait for them to go back into the deck. Well, I guess if they're in the discard pile, eventually they'll right. go back in if you deck one. And if there's like four in the discard and you beat them, then it's guaranteed that all four of you are going to get one and you're not going to go through it again. Right. It's just something to pay attention to because there's... Yeah, no, that's great. It's not where you like you discard... If there's three people, you discard till you get three spells. No, it's each person is going to do this no. over and over and over. 
Steve, I'm pretty sure that you just helped the heroes with that little bit of knowledge. Oh, uh, well, you know, my loyalty. Like <laughs> Ebony Moss. Like Ebony Moss. It's all over. It's whoever's yeah, winning at the moment. It's all over. Okay. That's right. Gotcha. That's right. Gotcha. I'm just on theme. Um, that's all. Okay. One, one theme I like is I like when the thinky villains have higher scheme. Like I always like that. Yeah. So his, his first and third levels, his, his scheme's higher than his attack. And I always appreciate that. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if he's scheming or attacking you. His force to interrupt goes off. Yeah. And his force to interrupt will go off if you draw an advance or an assault mm-hmm. or any any card that activates him. So it will trigger those spells faster and faster and faster. So. Yeah. And I feel and I feel like this box has a lot of villains doing like when they activate stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And so rules wise, it's basically like, okay, it's Ebony Ma's turn. That's an activation, right? There is one caveat. When he is stunned or confused, it does not go off because then it, he doesn't meet the condition activating against you. Oh, interesting. Okay. Right. So it's not like there's a thing called activate and then you say what the activation is. Is he scheming nope. or fighting? If you'll remember Drang's scenario from the last box, mm-hmm. his charge up ability was you put a counter on the Badoon ship, but it mm-hmm. says specifically after step one of the villain phase. So no matter what happens, that always goes off because step one of the villain phase is never skipped. Ebony Maw's worded differently. It's specifically when he activates. Right. But it, so when it, an activation is activate as fight or activate as scheme. Correct. Right. So is that how you define that? Okay. Yeah. So it's good for the heroes and that you can stun them. Sure. It's bad for the heroes. Cause like Steve said, a few encounter cards, you can have him activating multiple times. If you're star Lord, <laughs> you activate, activate, activate. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's star Lord is just asking for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, I was, I mean, my, the people I play with, we always been sort of confused by what activate means. Does it just mean like his turn starts or it means like he tries to fight and is stunned and can't or he tries oh, to scheme and is confused right. and can't. He fights or he schemes. schemes. Yeah. He's got to, with any of those abilities where it's like, you're going to give him a boost because he's going to do this thing. Yeah, that's activating. Mm-hmm. So, but the stun or the confuse, like Mike said, completely negates that activation. So Awesome. Your spells, he and it kind of makes sense because he's yeah. supposed to be conjuring the spell or activating it. Yeah. And if he's stunned, he's not able to do that, so he's not making any progress on that. Yeah. Now the same goes for the heroes, right? If they have something that triggers after they attack, if you're stunned and you attack to clear your stun, you haven't actually attacked. You just right. cleared your stun. Right. Well, we've got some schemes here we should probably look at. Yeah, Mike, why don't you take the first scheme because you talked about how you missed the when revealed on level one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, main scheme, 1A, attack on nowhere. Ebony Maw leads an assault on nowhere in order to capture the power stone stored within. Hey, that's what happened in the last box. Contents, the usual <laughs> Ebony Maw stuff. Ebony Maw and standard encounter sets. Two modular encounter sets. I like that. I like that they're doing two. And it suggests armies of Titan and Black Order. Hey, we know about those. They go we do. Together. And yeah, you're supposed to put them together. See? <laughs> we, didn't make, we didn't make that up. <laughs> Folks, go back to issue 106. 106? Or was that 109? I don't it's even know. I don't even know anymore. 109. This is weird. You talk about spring break. It's going to be summer by the time this episode airs. No, we're actually catching up. <laughs> Attack on Nowhere, side 1B. It has a max threshold of 6 threat per player. Starts with 1 per player. Goes up by 1 per player. 
and that's it. That's it. No, no. the way no. the win revealed uh, Ebony Maw's win revealed ability. Each player discards cards from the top of the encounter deck until a spell environment is discarded and puts into play in their play area. Shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck. Okay, so that's the different. That's different. That's one difference, right? Yeah. Yep. So okay, okay, it's not gonna, it's not going to cycle through the villain deck on you. Right. Yeah, and at this point, all of them are in there. Oh God, how annoying would it be if levels two and three had that too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fine main scheme. Yeah, I mean, it, it It does something when you first put it out, and then you don't have to really think about it during the game. It's just threat going out there. Right. That's it. Yeah, six isn't a lot. I mean, we always talk about Rhino's seven on his scheme being low and solo. Yeah. No, six is quick. Yeah, especially, I mean, you put one out, and then if Ma's scheming, he's automatically putting two out, and then there's probably some three boost icons in the deck, so... Well, I think we can count on that, sir. Yeah, yeah. in case you're wondering why I never spend any time in alter ego mode. <laughs> Is that why you're always Iron Man? Just kidding. I, I, you're never Iron Man. That's what I love you for. You cut me deep, man. I know. You would never be so low. No, no, never. I'll be so low, but not so low. Unless someone gave you a protection deck to put with them. <laughs> hey, I have a question for you guys about modular sets and spells. Yeah. Are okay. there any modular sets that have spells? No. Well, not not spell environments. Okay. There might be spells, but not specifically spell environments. Okay. And that seems to be where FFG is very good at distinguishing their environment cards because we now sure. have the uh, we've got some stuff in the hood. We've got absorbing man's environments. They've done a very good job of separating them so that they don't interfere with each other. Good. Okay. Because that'd be a fun thing to do. Turn turn Ebony Ma into an even bigger wizard. <laughs> a different wizard, completely. Different kind of wizard, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I mean, you could see them doing spell environments for other... Like, say we had a Baron Mordo scenario, um, mm. instead of him just being the nemesis for Strange, where he might have spell environments. Um, oh, that'd be cool. Team up, right? And then you could have these other spells come out, possibly, if you were to mm. play in this, that kind of thing. That'd be neat. Okay. Cool. Well, Steve... Daniel wants to know what Ebony Maw's final scheme is. I think you should tell him. Well, his final scheme is all about the Power Stone. Of course it is. Alright, 2A. When revealed, shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck. Each player discards cards from the top of the encounter deck until a spell environment is discarded and puts a spell into play in their play area. Alright, you're gonna... At least it doesn't deck out on you. Um, unless... Unless... All of the spells are in play. And then, again, in a four-player game, you're going to deck out four times and put out four acceleration tokens. <laughs> yep, because the our- game doesn't know all eight are out. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> that, can, that can be punishing, because now you've got four acceleration tokens out, and then you still have to kill them once to and put out a bunch more. Oh, ah, wow. Okay, 2B. The Power Stone is a nine threat threshold. Starts with one per player. Goes up by one per player. Ebony Maw uses his powerful magic to occupy you while his agents search for the Power Stone. If this stage is completed, the players lose the game. Mmm. Well, well. There's nothing really going on here. It's just, you know, nine threat per player. But you're going to have acceleration tokens. You're going to have to deal with his spells. Um, nothing fancy. Just it's don't solid. let it. Yeah. yeah. It's just simple. You know, 
I get it's his thing and all, but are you guys are you guys kind of annoyed at the fact that every single one revealed in a fact is the same? Does that bother you or is it just me? Because I won't. No, not, no. Not, for, not for this part of him. Because when you play him, it, it just feels... He's not pulling the same spell out all the time. It feels like he's just throwing his whole bag of tricks at you. That's I what guess, keeps his stick going. It'd be nice if some of these one reveals were like, hey, do all the spells that are with you, and if you don't have one, grab one. I don't know. It, it, it could have been a little bit... It could have been a little different here and there. Yeah, a lot of times what I think they don't want to do is make it so you miss things. So, yes... Well, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Basically, setup two and three kind of all have the same mechanics, so you know you're not going to miss anything. And while and while I was picking on like if all eight spells are in play in a four player game, you could also be playing a solo game where you only have the one spell from setup, sure. and you you never draw one as an encounter card. It that is possible. So yeah. you need it to go and fetch them. Yeah, I mean it's his thing, right? It's his theme, so it's got to work. Yeah, sure. Can we talk about the art for a second? Sure. The guy, the guy has telekinetic powers, and he's standing there tapping <laughs> the display case with the power stone like it's a fish tank. I bet you there's a little <laughs> sign right there that says "Do not tap on glass." It scares the power stone. Oh, that explains the grin as he's yep. doing it. <laughs> <laughs> All of this is credited artwork too um, for the whole setup here. So. Yeah, it's not bad. I, th- I think it's hilarious artwork. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's not quite what he seems to be in the comics, but I like it. I think the personality shone through. Yeah. Steve, Mike, we've looked at the the villains and and the and the schemes, the the main ones for this. I, we've also talked a lot about a, these spell cards, and I think it could be informative if we actually looked at one spell now. And I know that Oh, that Ebony breaks the, two, breaks our thing. It breaks everything. It breaks everything. I understand that, Mike, but I think though Ebony Maw too, we're going to look at his encounters. I just, I think we said a lot about spells, and it might just help to kind of put things in perspective. Steve, could we look at one? I guess so. Your loyalty to the show format is wavering, but well, I think that works. I think that works for Maw. So. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about one. Um, let's look at Fireball. They give a good example in the book, so you can go in there and take a look, and they use Fireball as an example. So I'll read Fireball, and we'll we'll talk about how that works then. Okay. There are two of these cards in the encounter deck. Fireball, Environment, it is spell-traded and has the Surge keyword, enters play with four invocation counters on it. Forced response. After the last invocation counter is removed from Fireball, discard it. Deal four damage to your identity. With two boost icons. Hmm. Fantastic. All right, so let's walk through the scenario. I've, I'm starting the game. I'm doing the win revealed on 1B. This thing shows... I, I discard everything off the encounter deck. This card shows up. I put it into my play area. Mike, does it surge? No, 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 no. Because it, it's been discarded, and then you're just moving it from there to here. Surge doesn't go off unless you actually reveal it from the encounter deck. Beautiful. I know, right. I know. Hero bias. It's not beautiful at all, Daniel. What are you talking about? <laughs> all right. Four invocation counters. So then then what, Steve? Every time he takes a turn against me, right? Yeah, every time he activates. So if he schemes or attacks, you you the very, very first thing you do as he starts to activate, because his ability is a forced interrupt, it starts off, you remove a 
a token from them. So it's going to go down from four to three to two to one. And then at some point, you will remove the last one when he activates against you and have to complete the forced response on Fireball, which will deal four damage to your identity, hero or alter ego. Scheme or fight with him, yeah. Yeah, then mm-hmm. you continue his activation, give him a boost card, you know, he attacks you or you add threat from a scheme or whatever it is. So unlike the Infinity Gauntlet that triggers after the attack where you're flipping over Power Stones, this one is triggering right at the beginning, like before he attacks. It interrupts the activation. So It's really interesting to compare this guy against Drang, the first villain from the last box, because in that one, what is it, every three turns, barring any any other encounter cards, but every everybody takes two indirect damage. Whereas this this is still on a counter, but it's on a counter that's wilder because it could be as long as four turns, it could be as short as one turn if you're really unlucky. And I, I, we'll probably talk about the idea of you, you see it coming next week. Yeah, but maybe you don't really see it coming. <laughs> and I'm thinking of the power though, right? Because every three turns, give or take two damage versus every couple turns taking a fireball to the face or something equally bad. This is a, this is a tough dude. Yeah. Yeah. It, it Drang hits everybody. This is just the person that it is in play with. So there is a little bit of that. You can look over across the table and be like, hi, ah, you have six fire uh, spells in front of you. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Was that with you, Steve, where <laughs> you, you kept getting all the fireballs and I got everything else? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I remember you guys talking about that. So, yep. the luckless Steve during a game, yeah. Yeah, it happens a lot when I play against Mike. All right, well, I think that was helpful. Thank you for telling me about spells, guys. Yeah, and it, I think, Mike, that was an uh, interesting thing to note about the Surge. Because Surge is a keyword, but that keyword references like a when revealed. So, And all these other abilities are just putting them into play. So that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, it's easy for us to just gloss over because we've played other FFG products before and they all play by the same rule. Yep. But for the newcomers, no, definitely keep that one in mind. Yeah, and Surge is one of those keywords that they never have ever put reminder text on. You'll True. see Retaliate with reminder text. You'll see Quick Strike with reminder text, maybe. <laughs> but ne- I've ne- I don't think I've ever seen Surge with reminder text. So for a new player, it's something that they got to go back to the book and read and, and make sure they know what they're doing. So, Well, gentlemen, we are not done talking about Ebony Maw. Not by any stretch. We've got the rest of his encounter set coming up next week, right? Next, next week. week. Oh, But in the meantime, Mike, can you tell the good folks how they can find us? Hey, folks, do you ever, do you ever tap on the glass? What's on the, other, on the other side? What's on the other side? What did it do? Email us. Let us know. We're criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We are Critical Encounters on Facebook. And hey, while you're on the Facebook page, go fill out that Google Forms and enter yourself in that contest. Win a pack of Valkyrie or Vision. And then when you're on the internet, you can search YouTube for Critical Encounters Podcast because we've got lots of really fun playthroughs up there. I've got some of my series up there. Steve, you've got some videos uploading now, right? Yes, so your series my, going. my new series started, yep. And on Discord, we are Vardane, Big Foam Loaf, and Wandering Tuke. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Ebony Maw, take us out. Your powers are quaint. Let me show you real magic.
According to the rulebook, Ebony Maw is a servant of Thanos and a powerful sorcerer. The rulebook says so. Well, hey, the rulebook right. is now canon. 